Bobby Hutton was murdered. Bobby Hutton's body was a house down. They said he'd come out with a gun and they had floodlights on the place. If he'd have had a gun, they'd have shot him on the front steps. Now his body was down, then the fire trucks come along, they washed blood away, of course. But they literally murdered Bobby Hutton and shot and wounded Eldridge Cleaver and Warren, these other men. This is what the police department has done after they've set the house on fire, the fire department set the house on fire, put tear gas in the place, etc., shot the place all up. Fellows came out of the place with their hands in the air. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Act Protect Engage podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Chase. We are talking about the tragic murder of one of the original OGs, one of the original members, the first recruit of the Black Panther Party in Oakland, California, Robert Hutton. He was only 17 years old when he was killed. Okay, He was turning 18. Tragic thing that happened has been happening now as long as we can remember. George Floyd, Philando Castile, these stories are not new. Little Bobby Hutton was an early casualty in the unjust, systematic annihilation of the Black Panther Party by state, local, and federal authorities. We will discuss soon. Stay tuned, guys. Ape. for joining me today okay so what are we talking about we're talking about the murder of a young black man by police it's sad but this is something we've heard a lot of lately the only difference is with today's podcast we're talking about a murder that was in the late 60s so what does that say that says that the police, the authorities, the powers that be have been going about this for decades. You can argue, and any historian who's worth his salt, his or her salt, will tell you, this has been going on, official state government repression and injustice has been going on since Reconstruction since before Reconstruction. In a lot of instances, the police departments, the local, whatever local law enforcement agency we're talking about has been a vehicle to oppress and crush any dissent from the local community, especially among minority communities. 
you can go all the way back. If you don't want to talk about the Oakland police, you can talk about the Texas Rangers. In my state of Texas, they were hanging Mexicans along the border, murdering them, entire families to try to dissuade Mexicans from crossing into Texas. This was in the 1800s, the early 1900s. All right, this has been going on for years. And I want to say things are getting better. I think the one thing that's getting better is transparency, right? Everyone's got body cameras. Everyone has a phone now. So it's hard to get away with this stuff now. It still happens, but it's a lot harder than it used to be. We're going to talk about Lil Bobby Hutton today. All right, so housekeeping, all right, housekeeping. We do this every episode. I say it <laughs> over and over and over again, okay? So please turn on your post notifications, okay? What that does is you will get an alert. So when you're sitting there, right, and you're watching uh, Jersey Shore and your phone goes bing and you see a.p.e academy on the top of your screen on your smartphone android iphone whatever you have all right if you see that notification that banner you know there's a new podcast episode that just got released we're on all major platforms i say it every time podbean apple Podcasts, spotify Podcasts, audible Podcasts, amazon music Podcasts iHeartRadio, uh, Pod, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Podcast, iTunes, Google Chrome, etc., etc., as Bobby says, etc., okay? Also, we have two IG accounts. We have our self-defense slash meme slash motivational account, which is at Ape Academy. Then we have our podcast account account which is the more serious account that's at ape academy podcast both are us so don't get confused all right we're on facebook ape defensive solutions we are on twitter at a underscore defensive and we are on tiktok at ape academy pod we have a lot of great stuff coming it's not all going to be sunshine and freaking rainbows all right this is not a fifth grade social studies class this is real life black history is american history we can trace the roots of a lot of our ills in our society today we can trace it throughout time all right we can trace it the best way to learn about our present and our future is to study history. The mind is a powerful thing. So I truly believe in knowledge and knowing where we came from and knowing the tragic figures, the good figures, the triumphant figures, the evil figures, and the tragic heroes of American history. And Bobby Hutton is a tragic hero of American history, a tragic hero of the black liberation struggle, a martyr. And you might think, oh, what is this kid doing running around like that with these guys? This was the period of revolutionaries. The civil rights struggle was run. The heart of the civil rights struggle was run by students, young people, college kids, high school kids. There's, there weren't a bunch of old ministers 
and you know old fogies out there these this was a young movement the anti-vietnam war movement was all young people the uh, draft resistance movements were college kids were young kids white black asian female male gay straight from all walks of life so it's not as simple as say, well, he shouldn't have been there because I know there's going to be people say, oh, he shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't have been hanging around. He did what he believed in. This was a fight for human rights. All right, so my rant's, <laughs> my rant's over, guys, I promise. All right, so our podcast today is entitled In Cold Blood. We're talking about the murder of Lil Bobby Hutton, R.I.P. 1950 to 1968 all right so he was so young very very young our sources are blackpast.org and black against empire the history and politics of the black panther party by mr joshua bloom and waldo e martin jr all right scholarly work vetted sources we're not going off of some kooks website that lives in his mama's basement these are historians, all right? These are scholars. There's no fake news on this podcast, guys. Facts over feelings. I tell everyone that. I get a lot of messages and a lot of, you know, people wanting to challenge some some topics and have discussions and debates. Some people are just trolls. Other people have legitimate questions. I tell people, when you study history, facts speak for themselves, right? And we can learn a lot about why we're at the stage we are now by studying facts, by looking back on personalities and events and analyzing them. So that's what we're doing, all right? So let's start off. The original Panther, Robert James Hutton, also known as Bobby, or his street name, Lil Bobby, was the first recruit and the first treasurer of the Black Panther Party. He was also the first member to be killed tragically by the police. Let's talk about this remarkable young man, his tragic death, and the legacy he left behind. Like many black families of the mid 20th century, the Huttons immigrated to California from the South, right? This was very common. They were chasing jobs, okay? They were chasing jobs. The wartime industry really created an economic boom. So a lot of black families moved from the South to the north. They were also escaping racial violence. Bobby was born in Jefferson County, Arkansas to John D. Hutton and Dolly Mae Michener Hutton on April 21st, 1950. Bobby was the baby of the family, the youngest of three kids. In 1953, when young Bobby was a mere three years old, his family was forced to flee from a small hometown in Arkansas amid rising threats, harassment, and violence from a racist, vigilante, redneck posse from the local Ku Klux Klan chapter, all right? So remember, the KKK was prevalent. In the 1940s and 50s, there was a resurgence of the KKK, and we talked about that in our uh, Knights of the South podcast episode from, I think, a week or two ago. If you want to know more about the formation of the Klan, Go back and look up Knights of the South, all right? Knights of the South. So 
we're not. I'm not going to talk too long about the uh, KKK because this is about Bobby. But they went through a resurgence. They would. They would. You know. They would surge in their numbers, and they would. They would go back. They would decline. This was a period of resurgence for the Klan. Let's fast forward to 1966. Bobby is a 16-year-old kid hanging out at the local neighborhood youth club, the North Oakland Anti-Poverty Center. And while there, he meets young Huey P. and Bobby Seal, Huey P. Newton. Little Bobby, as he was affectionately known, soon became the first recruit of a new organization called the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense. So Huey and Bobby worked at the Anti-Poverty Center. Actually, Bobby worked there first. Um, he worked with kids, with the youth. He helped them out with their homework. He took them on trips. He taught them about different uh, subjects. He was like their little tutor. He would take them to the police department and, and have them talk to police officers because he wanted to really reach out uh, and kind of extend that olive branch to different parts of the community. And he figured he would, uh, you know, give the youth a chance to see different things that they normally wouldn't see, right? So Bobby gave Huey a job, so they both worked there. And then uh, little Bobby Hutton, he was hanging out there, right? There's not a lot of places to hang out in rough neighborhoods, but usually the community centers were pretty safe. So that's where he was always at when he was younger. This, you know, Despite his young age, Bobby was deemed to be extremely mature and responsible by Huey. So he became the party's first treasurer. Hutton basically begged his older friends to let him become a panther. Little Bobby was tired of the state of policing in his neighborhood. He himself was a frequent victim of harassment by the local law enforcement, so he truly believed in making a difference in his neighborhood. And once he learned about the Panthers' 10-point program, which we'll talk about in the next episode, he was hooked. Little Bobby was present during the first major Black Panther Party confrontation with law enforcement. Now, this is a crazy story, so I'm going to recount the story. So hang with me. I'm a decent storyteller. <laughs> this is a real-life story. This is not fiction, okay? This is real life. This, this is the Black Panthers' first major interaction with police, all right? so And I cannot believe they got out of this. All right, one night in early 1967... Huey Newton, Bobby Seal, and Lil Bobby were cruising around North Oakland in Seal's 1954 Chevy. So Newton was driving, and they were all heavily armed, right? So they had made a decision that they were going to start patrolling the patrol cars, right? So they were going to monitor the police. That was legal. It was legal to you know for a citizen to watch the police and monitor them as long as they did not interfere with police business, so they had to stay at a certain distance away from the police. And it was also legal to be armed as long as your weapons were open, were out in the open. You couldn't conceal anything, right? So I know it sounds crazy, but what they were doing was completely legal. The Panthers were on their first patrol looking for police to monitor. Newton was armed with a shotgun, which was his weapon of choice. Seal sported a 45 caliber 1911 handgun in a hip holster, and Bobby he had the best weapon of them all, man. My one of my favorite guns, the World War II era M1 Garand battle rifle. M1 Garand, baby. My favorite battle rifle, a classic, a Korean War classic, a Second World War classic. Shooting a 30-06 round, that's a big boy round. So, 
they were heavily armed. Bobby wasn't playing. Like I told you guys, he was original OG. He was the first recruit. The original recruit. So just imagine nowadays, you know, you got all these gangs, the Crips and the Bloods. Just imagine like Tukey, you know, with the Crips, the founder of the Crips, Tukey and uh, Raymond Edwards. Just imagine their first initiate. Although don't compare the Black Panthers to a gang, but just imagine the original member of an organization. The first member, that's Bobby, all right? <laughs> As usual, the young men made sure to carry a law book with them. So remember, unlike gangs, unlike street gangs, the Black Panther Party was always within the law. That was one of the non-negotiable rules of the party was every Panther has to be within the law. They cannot use drugs. They cannot smoke. They cannot, you know, do any hard drugs. All right. And they always have to do everything by the letter of the law. So that's what made them different than a lot of organizations. They weren't willing to break the law, even though it might seem that what they did was risky. It was. They did it on purpose to be risky, but they knew their rights. They knew their constitutional rights. So they were very well versed as any attorney would be. They were the pretty much on the same level as attorneys as far as knowledge of local ordinances, right? All right, so as usual, right, the young men made sure to carry a law book with them just in case they were harassed by law enforcement. When driving, the Panthers, while driving, the Panthers spotted a police car patrolling the area and decided to monitor it. As Seal recall, uh, recollects, Huey sped up to within a block of the patrol car and followed at a distance so they weren't interfering with official police business quote when the officer turned right newton turned right when the officer turned left newton turned left eventually the officer noticed the car about a block behind him and the, and the young black men in the car and all their weapons were clearly visible so just imagine you're a police officer and you know this car it's like one or two blocks away and it follows you it's following you everywhere you turn around there's three heavily armed black men in it with rifles shotguns and they're just sitting there. So eventually the officer noticed them and all the weapons were clearly visible out in the open. Quote, the three men looked over at the officer. You ever seen the movie The Town? When the scene where the robbers kind of, uh, they, they pull up and they realize there's a cop right next to them and they all look at each other at the same time. Uh, check it out if you haven't seen it. Quote, the three men looked over at the officer. Seal had held Newton's shotgun while he drove and both the shotgun and Hutton's M1 were plainly visible through the window. The officer initiated a traffic stop, right? Turned his lights on and his sirens and burst out of his car in a rage, yelling at the youths. What the goddamn hell you niggers doing with them goddamn guns? Who in the hell told you, who do you think you niggers are? Who told you to have those guns? Get out of that goddamn car. Get out of that goddamn car with them goddamn guns. Hearing the noise, a crowd gathered to watch the dramatic scene unfold. <laughs> I feel like I'm t I am telling the story. As the officer stuck his head in the car to reach across and grab the barrel of the shotgun Seal was holding, Newton grabbed the officer by the collar and slammed his head up into the roof of the car. He then turned and kicked the officer in the gut, hurling him out of the car. What happened next is the stuff of urban legends, the stuff that urban heroes and urban legends are made of crazy quote newton took the shotgun from seal leapt out of the car and jacked a round of ammunition into the chamber 
he shouted. Now who in the hell do you think you are? You big redneck bastard. You rotten fascist swine. You bigoted racist. You come into my car trying to brutalize me and take my property away from me? Go for your gun. Go ahead. And you're a dead pig. The terribly, <laughs> the terribly frightened and visibly shocked officer slowly lifted his arm skyward while Seal and Hutton jumped out of the car. Seal cocked his 1911 as people streamed out of Merritt College. So they're at, right near the campus of Merritt College, which was a very popular local college that a lot of actually Afri African-American students went to. What made the scene incredible was that Newton and Seal wanted people to see this. They wanted a crowd. They beckoned people to come. Hey, come on, guys. Come out of their houses and observe the police. While the crowd watched in amazement, Newton explained that the police were, quote, occupying our community like a foreign troop that occupies territory. The crowd cheered. Yeah. The crowd cheered in agreement as Newton exclaimed, black people are tired of this. Several more police cars appeared at the scene with sirens wailing. One officer approached the group and demanded to let him see their weapons. Newton replied, let you see my weapon? You haven't even placed me under arrest. The officer again repeated his command, saying that he had a right to see the weapon. Huey refused. Ain't y'all ever heard of the 14th Amendment of the Constitution of the United States? Don't you know? You don't remove nobody's property without due process of law. What's the matter with you? You're supposed to be the people enforcing the law, and here you are ready to violate my constitutional rights. You can't have my gun. You can't see my gun. The only way you're going to get it from me is to try to take it from me. This back and forth continued as the officers tried to get Newton to move towards them and hand over the weapons. Newton, Seal, and Young Hutton would not submit to the police. They cited local ordinances as well as the Second Amendment. They asserted they had the right to bear arms if the guns were not concealed. Finally, after some tense negotiations, the police lieutenant told the other officers on scene there was nothing they could do. The Panthers were not violating any laws, and there were not sufficient grounds for an arrest. The young Panthers, including a 16-year-old Bobby Hutton, had struck the opening blow of their battle against the racist power structure and won. The next day, several community members who had witnessed the event joined the party. So as you can see in here from my recounting of this legendary story, Bobby Hutton played a crucial role in their early formation and organization of the party. He helped in the formative years. He was a loyal, smart, tough, fearless foot soldier and also a leader. So he was a foot soldier and a leader. So he was both, which is the best combination. As an original member, he was also held in high esteem as the party grew in membership and in their reputation. Adding even more to Hutton's legendary status was his particip participation in a demonstration that was organized by the Black Panther Party at the California State Capitol Building in Sacramento on May 2nd, 1967. This was during a protest of the Mulford Act, M-U-L-F-O-R-D Act. The I can't say it. The Mulford Act. <laughs> the This act was a was a law specifically designed to target the Black Panther Party, and put simply, it prohibited the carry of firearms in any public place. So it was a anti-Black Panther law. 
Bobby Hutton was, of course, arrested with several other Black Panther Party members for carrying weapons into the state capitol. He was arrested again on May 22nd, 1967 for violating an ancient 1887 law outlawing the carrying of a firearm adjacent to a jail. So they arrested him twice for the same event. They arrested him for walking into the Capitol with the guns, and then they arrested him because the Capitol was right next to a jail, so they got him on two charges for the same incident. Wow. All right, this is where we get to the sad part. All right, this is where we get to the tragic murder, all right? So we're going to tell another story. On the evening of April 6th, two days after Martin Luther King Jr.'s untimely death, his assassination in Memphis, Tennessee, a little, a little after 9 p.m., three carloads of heavily armed Black Panthers pulled over on a curb on Union and 28th Streets in Black West Oakland. So West Oakland was a majority black community. So they felt, you know, they're in their own neighborhood. They weren't bothering anybody at all. They're just driving around. Eldridge Cleaver... We'll talk about him later. He drove the lead car, an old white Ford with a dusty Florida license plate that a member of the Peace and Freedom Party, we'll talk about them too in a later episode, had donated to the Panthers. The group included David Hilliard, Lil Bobby Hutton, now 17, and six other rank-and-file members of the party. As Cleaver opened the door to urinate, right, he had to piss, you know. You know how it is when you got to pull over, you got to go to the bathroom, right? Hmm. So he, Cleaver, pulled the car over. He opened the door to go to the bathroom. Seemingly out of nowhere, a caravan of police cars approached and blinded the group with a spotlight, demanding to know what they're doing in the neighborhood and where they're headed. A heated exchange of words soon followed. Gunfire erupted. No one knows who fired the first shot. The Panthers scattered, looking to, to find cover from the hail of bullets as the police quickly cordoned off the area and residents gathered in the streets. An hour and a half later, Cleaver emerged from a smoke and flame engulfed basement with bullet wounds in the foot and the butt. His lungs were burning from tear gas and firebomb smoke. He was stark naked, but he peacefully surrendered. Little Bobby Hutton, he wasn't so lucky. For some reason, and no one knows, and the police had some bullcrap story about this, for some reason, as Bobby emerged from the basement unarmed, Everyone agrees he was unarmed. Everyone in the crowd, everyone who witnesses said he was unarmed. The police had shot him down like a dog in the street. Shot him dead. With his hands up and unarmed. The following day, Bobby Seale held a press conference. That's the one I played in the beginning of the episode. Seale spoke in a measured and quiet tone. He accused the police with racism, repression, and murder. Quote, Bobby Hunton had his hands in the air and was shot and murdered by the Oakland police. Seal and Charles R. Gary, the Panthers' attorney, demanded that the policemen who fired the shots be indicted for capital murder. Seal also described the shooting as an ambush by police, a setup, a targeted attack that was coordinated with military-like precision. Seal noted that, quote, a Panther never attacks anyone, but when he is pushed into a corner like the brothers were last night, he has one thing to do, to defend himself. Seal swore that the Black Panther Party wanted peace, not war. He explained that peace could be obtained only through armed self-defense. At the funeral of young Hutton, 2,000 people packed the Ephesian Church of God in Christ in Berkeley, California, with over 100 unarmed Black Panthers forming his honor guard. 
Black Panther leaders accused the police of killing Hutton to stomp out their message, to stop the challenge the Panthers posed to racism and oppression of all black people. Hutton's dead... Well, let me say that again. Bobby's death was mourned across the nation. Even notable figures like Malcolm X's widow, Betty Shabazz, Stokely Carmichael, and even the famous actor Marlon Brando attended the funeral. Marlon Brando said, quote, that could be my son lying there. Many compared the murder of young Bobby Hutton to the murder of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. His murder really changed the changed the movement. It really brought it home. It really showed just how dangerous standing up for liberation is. When the power structure, when the powers that be, when they want to crush your voice, they have the power to do it. But the battle went on. The struggle went on. He was seen as a martyr. He was held up as a martyr. He was actually... His memory was actually used to further the Panther cause, right? It made the news. A lot of notable people sent their condolences. James Baldwin was one of them. There was a letter that was written to the editor of the Washington Post signed by James Baldwin, among many other famous people, offering their condolences and telling them, telling the Black Panthers that they stood with them and they would support them. I hope this really brings some clarity and some, I don't know, maybe some context and a little bit of history to what is going on right now in our country with uh, all the things that are happening with law enforcement. I believe another black man was just shot and killed um, by an officer who I think they conducted a no-knock warrant and he was not even on the warrant. He was sleeping on the couch and they broke into the house, didn't announce themselves and he had a gun because, you know, he's, you're allowed to have a firearm in the you know, in your home, in your residence. He jumped up, they shot him dead. He had nothing to do with anything. Did not knock, did not announce themselves. So this struggle goes on. This battle goes on to value black lives just as much as they value any other life. I hope you guys, well, I don't know if you enjoyed it, but I hope you learned something from it. I really appreciate you guys listening. This was a short kind of a bonus podcast. I just thought of it today. I had been uh, I have been researching the Black Panthers heavily, and I remember Bobby Hutton, and he has a really, really inspiring story. He was a young kid. He just wanted to help his community and stand up for something. And um, he was a soldier, man. He was a soldier, and he was a leader. And that combination is very, very rare. Usually, leaders, a lot of them, not usually, a lot of leaders don't want to get their hands dirty. But uh, Bobby was the true leader from the front lines. All of the Black Panther leaders, Bobby Seale, Huey P. Newton, Kathleen Cleaver, Eldridge Cleaver, little Bobby Hutton, they were all leaders from the front. I hope you guys enjoyed it. God bless you guys. Remember, stay positive. Don't let anyone tell you that you cannot achieve everything you want in life, all right? Put God first. Keep getting after it. Keep working hard. Ape out. We got the funky beat. Oh.
R.I.P. Shutterstock Music. Bobby Hutton. Your memory lives on. There's a young black man doing a podcast about you today. And you died in 1968. We love you, man. You are a hero to the revolution. Ape out. Shutterstock Music.